Ready, set, go! Episode 51. What happened to episode 50, John? I'll tell you what happened to it. It's um, in the future. It's in the same place that episode, episode 40, 40 exists. They will happen. Yes, they will. They and then we'll be fine. Because don't forget, we've got to some... Because in episode 10, we had our Now Show spoof. Yeah. In episode 20, we had John Finnemore. Yeah. In episode 30, we had Laura. Yes. Which is, I mean, <laughs> so we've got to somehow top that. Yes. And that's what we're basically yeah. hesitating to have who's, a round number. Who's Laura? Uh, she's a lady that accepts my company. How is she? She's... I don't, I don't know. I haven't I spoken know that to her. company was Weeks and weeks since I've spoken to her. Um, excellent. Um, the topic today is, whatever happened to the good old-fashioned British bread bin? <laughs> What's the I just headbutted the bookshelf laughing. I didn't know what the subject was going to be <laughs> yes. this week. What has happened to the good old-fashioned British bread bin? Oh, I know. It's true, though, isn't it? No. Now that you think of it. No, my parents. Where do you got, keep your bread? My parents got a bread bin quite recently. Where do you keep your bread? I can't believe we're discussing the subject. That, 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 um, I keep my bread in this bag. Exactly. Because it comes in a bag. So whatever happened to the good old British bread bin? It's my parents' house. It's on the top of the fridge <laughs> in my parents' kitchen. Well, there you are, that's why we don't have to discuss it. <laughs> we don't need to discuss it anymore. Yeah, it's in Guildford. It's decided. Yeah, it has decided. Um, are you oh, ha- I've hurt my head quite a lot. Are you happier now that it's slightly cooler? I wish it were even... I want it to be minus 100 degrees. <laughs> Do you really? Oh, I'm smelling cat lips if it gets me all excited. I can see you're becoming excited. It doesn't work for me... <laughs> Positively. You're not, you're not frothing at the mouth. Standing with excitement. You're not frothing at the mouth. No. You have very few DVDs, but all the ones you have are very good. Yes, that's I think we should, should we tell the, the listeners what DVDs I can see? Um, some of them are, aren't mine, some of them are, but yeah. Um, you have Larry Sanders, the of Larry course. Sanders show. Exactly. And do you know where did you get that? You stole it from me. Yes. Um, <laughs> anybody who has, as we said... Eight years ago you yeah. stole that from yeah. me. Mm-hmm. You've got it's grim. It's nice up north with John Shuttleworth, which is good, which is very good. Yeah, I uh, have brass eyes rubbish. Brass eyes a bit rubbish. Isn't it? Yeah, a bit. Uh, yeah. You've got the magic flute, which is a bit out of nowhere. It's good. State of play. What's that? Um, I think I was given that for some reason. It's still in its cellophane. Yeah, it's one of those. But apparently, it's good. Uh, it's got the man off of off the of other yes, of other thing. Uh, it's got you've got the full box set of the prisoner, like what I as everybody should indeed. Yeah. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. season two and one. Yeah, and, and that's Victoria's uh, Blackadder. A complete Blackadder. Yeah, so good that's stuff. not a bad selection there, is it? Good stuff. I mean, there's nothing there that you wouldn't Curb. watch. There's up there, Curb. Yeah. Peep Show, Peep very show. good. It's all good stuff. We've got season five of Peep Show, I'll borrow that from you. <laughs> no, you won't. I haven't watched it. Oh! Do you see that catch? Yeah, that I catch has been recorded in audio. It's been amazing. Yeah. Is it, is it even open, though? Yeah, it's open. I haven't watched it yet. One. One. House season two. Exactly. So it's a big box of house. Yeah. And Shaun of the Dead, which is not that good. Shaun of the Dead is good. It's not that good. It's, it's, I like, it's not nearly as good as it needed to be. No, I disagree. I think it was as good as it needed to be. I don't. It was, I sat there all the way through thinking, oh, I wonder if they'll do this gag, and then they just did no gag at all. No, that's unfair. So many occasions. That's unfair. I don't think it is. It's not a bad film. It's an entertaining film. It's just not nearly as good as it needed to be. Mm, no, it was as good as it needed to be. What about Hot Fuzz? Uh, that is more problematic I oh think. I did not like that film I didn't mind it in as much as you did but I, I that is where I say it wasn't as funny as it needed to be That's, that film fell apart for me in one scene oh. which was where the car jumped the model village mm-hmm. the joke was that the car it was a car sailing over a village but it was a model village yeah the camera cut between the village and the car and at no point was there a shot of the car and the village in the same screen. Well, that's a bit stupid. Just horrendous direction and I was like, oh, I'm done. That was near the end of the film, admittedly, but 
I was really that just that's underlined that it was a bad there should have been film. a there should have been a matchbox car as well and a model village village you know where it starts recursing yeah, it was times. just it just seemed a real shame although I hear very good things about Scott Pilgrim do you I've heard mediocre things really You're, I've heard no people who don't like uh, Hot Fuzz I'm not Scott, sure Scott I'm not sure that Marco Mode particularly liked it oh who cares all that twit he is the most popular he's the, he's the most deliberately contrary I know you've said you've, com- you've complained about him before man. but you know he's very famous he's no Claudia Winkleman is he <laughs> he's very famous and he's very rich is he I think he is can't be that rich doing a, a bit on Radio no, 5 or whatever it is radio. he's always written a new book he's this that you don't get much money for writing a book Nick Simon Mayer La La Land do you live in Simon Mayer's rich well, he's been, he was presented a primetime Radio 1 show for about 10 years. I would imagine that actually gets you... Yeah. And radio pays very poorly, but I imagine that gets you a decent yeah, sum. As we know it does, because we've heard all the, all the stories about uh, that guy who we used to like, but now don't. The fat chap. Crispy Boyles? Yeah. When did we like Crispy Boyles? Uh, didn't you used to like him? No. A long time ago when he used to do a night no, show No, there was one... He, he, did. Did a, he did the early breakfast show, uh, the pre-7am show, and I remember hearing a jingle on it that made me laugh. That's all That's all there is to say about it. He was then... I worked on a show that was rival to his, mm. and we used to accuse him of stealing our ideas. Do you miss those through-the-night sessions? Um... We used to work for talk radio and used to sit through the night listening to the mad people. <laughs> it was it was actually a great job. It was. You I didn't make any it. money, but I don't know. It was literally made no money until I was on daytime. So mm. that's the whole. That's the way radio works: is you go in for free and then you hang around Slavery. the office until you're yeah. useful. No, you hang around the office until someone pays you to be useful. Yeah. And it worked. I got I was assistant producing on a mid morning show by the time I left. Mm. Um, you know, you so have left. Well, I should have because think, Kelvin McKenzie was turning into a sports station. Think where you would be today had you not left. Working at a sports station, not or being just recently fired from a sport, <laughs> very long time ago fired from a sports Is, station. Does talk radio even still exist? No, it's talk sport now. Yeah, but I mean, does that still exist? Yes, it's doing very well. Um, but what happened was Mackenzie um, was is a very astute businessman as well as a prize prick. Yeah, and um, burning he, all your bridges there. Oh yeah, hmm. take that, Mackenzie. Hmm. He doesn't even work for talk radio anymore. No. Um, Talk Radio was a very, very popular station, huge audiences, and he absolutely slashed the audiences by turning it into a sports station. Why did he do that? But he slashed them down to the exact demographic he needed for the advertising he wanted, ah, right. and made a lot more money. He's a very clever man, um, as well as a very unpleasant man. Mm. Um, he's a stu- he's no, I don't know if he's a very clever man, he clearly isn't. He, oh, he's obviously not. If you see him on a talk show, he's a very stupid no, man, but, he's, but he's an astute businessman in some sense. Or at least has enough. There's a guy called Bill who was a one of his business people who worked for him probably corrupt oh it was a ho- everything probably. all of I don't know I had a horrible probably time probably done with quite a few scones in that studio I can tell you I don't think so but they could because <laughs> it was just, it was just well Rupert Murdoch did ultimately run Helvin McKenzie that's true Rupert Murdoch bought a stake in TalkSport and as he did that they switched all their news from from IRS to not IRS IRN that's right to uh, to the American tax system to the news uh, switched to Sky News after Mm -hmm. he bought a stake which is completely illegal yeah I believe yes of course but Um, Rupert Murdoch doesn't to do anything he wants because Mm -hmm. he's he's Rupert he's Rupert Rupert the bear I did 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 I have a talk about the story I got in Private Eye on the podcast before I'm sure I I feel like I have um, about how they were faking commentary. At talk, yes, talk I don't know whether you've, I know you've talked about it. About part, you certainly talked about it to me, and that probably means you talked about it to the podcast. You were saying the uh, when when I picked you up in the car today, mm-hmm. how um, 
the, our relationship is ruined now because every time we speak to one another, it's as it feels like we're doing the podcast. It feels That's like right. We're doing the podcast. Lucky you weren't doing the podcast with Laura. Because, you know, can you imagine that if every time you spoke with Laura, it felt like you were doing a podcast? <laughs> that would be awful. Even, even where, when Jesus says it's allowed, more intimate moments, and then you... Are, 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 we on, are we on what's the subject tonight? Do we really need to have this conversation? It, but it did feel like in the car I start checking myself for what I'm saying to you, <laughs> because I'm concerned about what the listeners will hear. It's like, louder, oh, louder, just, the mic won't oh, yes, right. Come on, Nick, stop mumbling, man. <laughs> yes. In the car, yeah. So it's 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 ruined our it's ruined our intimate friendship. It has, hasn't it? That's sad. I don't think it has, Nick. We when when I come to your wedding, I will wear a suit. <laughs> That's good to know. And out um, of the blue, un- unlike what you did to mine, which is still I wear, didn't. You came did wearing I? a dirty tramp's shirt. It was over dirty. another dirty tramp's shirt and stinking trainers. <laughs> And you thought, ooh, look at me, I'm so unconventional. I don't even dress nicely for I a wedding. I wore smart trousers and a shirt stinking. and a tie. They weren't no, stinking. No. Actually, no, you weren't wearing a shirt and tie. You, you, you were wearing... I was wearing a... No, you were, you were wearing HTML slash HTML sweatshirt. No, I wasn't. Yes, you I were. never even owned such a thing. You did. I had an HTML slash HTML t-shirt, but I certainly That's wasn't... what you were wearing. I was not wearing that to your wedding. Yes, you did. I didn't. I wore a shirt and a no, tie. You didn't. No, you didn't. I didn't tuck it in. No, you didn't. I didn't no, tuck it didn't. in, but I wore a shirt. There's photographic evidence of this, Nick. I was wearing my blue you shirt. You did not. It's still remembered, and that's why you're not welcome in my house. We always. That's why we have to go. <laughs> that's why I have to go to the studio. Travel. That's right. So I, shall, I don't like. I apologize. I shall, I shall come to your wedding naked. I apologize if I offended you by you not wearing smart dis- enough clothes. Yeah, I was very I, upset. Well, I humbly apologize. It, to it you. ruined the whole thing. I did ruin the whole day. Mm. Mm. Uh, 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 and and what's more, will you wear top hat and tails? Should I ever get married? Yes, I will wear top hat and tails. Uh huh. But will you as well? What to my wedding? I have yeah. no idea what I would wear. To no, my well, no. Well, let's let's decide. I now. imagine I'll be forced to dress up in whatever stupid clothes you have to wear for a wedding. Yeah, but uh, top hat and tails. I d- it's just no because it's just so wacky. Oh, look at me! Wow, I'm in a top hat and tails. It's the only time in your life that you can get away with wearing top. What hat about and tails, when I'm well. doing my song and dance numbers? <laughs> yes. Well, I, I haven't told you this, John, but I press stop on the podcast before those get broadcast and I've done that with <laughs> nobody's heard your song and dance oh. you're putting on the Ritz routine episode 28 <laughs> lost forever that's a tragedy and no mistake it is remember you got in very much into the Busby Barkley musicals and you started doing them yourself and then that's right I started performing one man uh, versions of them in the West are you, End are you, are you finished actually that's an interesting idea isn't it is it a one man um, <laughs> musical musical song and dance music where you have to kind of quickly join the chorus line then the, <laughs> dance um, with yourself throw yourself in the air throw yourself in the air I mean uh, somebody could do a good Edinburgh routine like I that I imagine it so could be quite it wouldn't be me a one man singing in the rain that'd be lovely oh that's love that film it everyone says, should yeah. watch singing in the rain over and over again but you said it wasn't what necessarily one would expect it to be Absolutely from a not. cliched understanding of it yes it's a very clever satire of the film industry. Mm. Well. No, no, sorry. Yeah, the film industry. I'm confusing with the Barclays of Broadway, which is the satire of the theatre industry. Do you still enjoy musicals? I haven't watched any for ages, but I'm certain I would. Does, oh, there's a musical coming out, a new one, uh, filmed in the classic style. Doesn't that mean you're a gay? Oh, no, sorry. 
Yes, it does. Yeah. Okay, yes, it does. Yeah. Uh, no, this new film. This is so exciting. It's a. It's a. It's an old school musical, except it's shot like a documentary. Like, and I mean, a, like a, a proper fly on the wall documentary. So everything looks like it's being filmed by a hand. hand it's all handheld camera. Oh, the trailer Whoa. looks so exciting. What is when you say an old school musical? Is it actually with an orchestra? Or with yes, I believe so. I believe a I sampler. I hope. I hope it's with an orchestra. But the trailer looks absolutely. What is it I can't about? wait. Shall I? I can only way I can do it. Tell you. No, no, don't tell me. No, no. No, I'm going to. You asked. You asked me. I don't want to know. In fact, I will be positively offended if you tell me now. Okay, I shan't tell you. Okay, but I might tell the listeners. Okay, well, when you're about to tell them, let me know, and I'll block my ears because I made a promise and I keep my promises. That's right. I do. Have you ever lied to someone? Yes. Such that you got you got caught. I know you lie to me all the time. Um, Have you ever lied to someone and got caught? Where other than when I've just pointed out that you're lying. I must have, yes, I'm sure I have. We all have, haven't we? Well, I don't lie, because I can't. Well, because you're worried about that. It's a condition, thing. it's one of the, the more, one of the bonuses of my anxiety, is I cannot lie, because well, I freak out if I try to. Well, it's a very skilled thing, lying properly. Yes, absolutely, and, you have and I have no so many things, track of so many variables, and you can't ever forget. Mm-hmm. Once you tell a lie, that's something, that's a fact that you've got to remember come thick or thin yes and it's got to be then woven into the other facts and it's actually very complicated I don't have the energy to, to, to lie it's just too complicated oh, gosh if I even if I say something by mistake that's half the truth I will uh, three hours later call that person back and say you know when I said that I was uh, I was too tired yeah. on Wednesday night to go out I wasn't too tired I'd already made plans for someone else and uh, <laughs> I just can't do but, it but surely one has to tell little white lies for relationships and so forth yes I wish I were able to oh no they're making a new Scream movie V. Well, that's unnecessary. That really is unnecessary. Stop, stop moving all the. Do you know what they've the done? Microphone. You know what they've called it? What? It's very clever. It's the fourth one. Can you guess what they've done? Um, I think they've called it. Um, <laughs> close the scream four. It's called Scream. S C R E four M. Because A is an alphanumeric uh, for. I think four, close four the screen door is better because it's like close the screen door. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And digital projection has the screen door effect, you see. Does it? Yeah, because, you know, we can see all the pixels like it's through looking at it through a screen door. Cause, uh, and so it could be close the screen door. It's, it's a good pun, isn't it? No, it's one of the worst puns <laughs> I've ever heard. I could agree with that. <laughs> can you think of a good time you've been caught in a lie that you can share with us? Um, no, I, mean, I, I think... I don't think I can remember one in particular because I think I'm good at improvising my way out of them. Really? If I need Lying to. your way out of them. Improvising my way out of them if I need to. <laughs> um, so that the contradiction is somehow resolved. But everyone's had that experience, I'm sure. I'm very good at telling when someone's lying. And so I find it very frustrating when I'm being lied to. Well, do you tell them that, you know, that they're lying? Yes. What do you say? I say, well, that's clearly a lie. You're lying. So don't and tell and me about the how truth. do people react? They tend they become to... become indignant. They do, yes. And then they will... I think you need to stop looking things up because you go very distant. And I'm not being distant. I'm contributing and st- initiating all the discussion. I think we need to stop this now. Well, I'm just going to check page three. And if I can't find it, recognise it by its title, then that's me done. That you, you are done. I mean, who cares? It sounds like a very contrived conceit anyway of a, of a film that's shot like a documentary but nevertheless is a musical. That's been done before. Has it? Yes. 
I can't find it. Buffy the Vampire Slayer did that. That was a documentary, wasn't it? <laughs> of course it was. That was a documentary I apologize. who killed vampires. I apologise. That was the, um, the fly in the wall documentary of Buffy and her vampire killing and demon hunting ways. Yeah, what's Joss Whedon doing these days? Uh, he's directing the Avengers movie. Oh. Well, it could be interesting because no. it's... No, because Iron Man's been very good. Has um, it? I didn't watch it. The first one. The second one wasn't so good. Um, the first one's a very good movie it's definitely worth watching yeah, and so what it is it's going to be all these movies I think Hulk I, I can never it's all no, the DC characters no, 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 uh, get together and have all together in one film so it's mm. going to have Samuel L. Jackson as someone or other and all this stuff and it's going to be it's going to be a big mm. it's going to be a big meta film that connects a whole bunch of other superhero movies together and your, <laughs> your friend Kieran will explode sorry your co- ex-colleague Kieran will my explode. ex-friend Kieran he's not my friend anymore now he's your ex-colleague now he's so famous he's yeah. too, he's too yeah. good but I, I know. it's I, not true by the way he's still a good friend of mine no he's not so I yeah well, it as, feels as, like he as is as good as Peter Bain and no doubt he was a good friend of yours once he was never a good friend of mine he was a man I used to occasionally phone he was always happy to speak until he changed he's his very number happy to, to, I don't know if he ever he certainly never changed his number the last time I called him mm-hmm. was when uh, the second season of Iron Man and Partridge was on Mm-hmm. And I phoned him after the first episode, which I thought was quite good, mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, I really enjoyed that. That was a great episode." And we chatted a bit about mm-hmm. it, and then I watched the second episode, and it wasn't good at all. And it was never good again. And I just a bit embarrassed to talk to him about it, and so I never called him, and then I never spoke again. You should try calling him again. I wonder what the. Did you see the trailer for the new Alan Partridge stuff? Yes. I don't know. It's problematic because it's also sponsored by Foster's. Yes, and that kind of is worse than anything Alan Partridge himself would have done. <laughs> no, it's so very it's, weird. So and it's, ni- neither Steve Coogan nor Amanda Inucci is in need. I'm assuming Peter Baker yeah. has nothing to do. No, with he has it. nothing to do with it. As you can now tell, he lives like in LA that. writing yeah, Sacha Baron Cohen movies yeah. because he's all married and exciting. Yeah, exactly. no, he's no longer the sad little man living no, in Balham. No, no, exactly. And yet, they back when we need, loved him, they don't need to be sponsored by Foster's. That's no, sad. But, and pathetic so, again it's the sort of thing that Lynn would arrange for Alan <laughs> yes it is oh, I, I wonder what by, by, by Foster's Alan <laughs> I wonder what because obviously Alan Partridge is pretty much done they've done all they need to do with yes. it they haven't made a film and I'm sure they will mm-hmm. um, uh, Yonuchi was talking about it. yes but the, the thing is it was always Peter Bainer's project he wrote it yes he did can you turn your phone on to silent young man yeah your Mr. Jobs phone. It's not, anyway, so yes. You don't want to admit it, do you? You don't want to admit yeah, having an iPhone on the podcast. Yeah, I don't have an iPhone. You iPhone. It's an iPhone four as well, it's Mr. Not, Fancy it, it Pants. Anyway, carry on. Yes, it is. Carry on. It is an saying. iPhone four. Don't lie. See, so you just. It's not mine. As you were saying. <laughs> it's yours. You have a contract. It's in your name. It's name. your. It's iPhone. yours. My iPhone's a three GS, and it's over there. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Nick's got an iPhone. No, I don't. Carry on. <laughs> you're so happy to lie about I this. don't have an iPhone carry on <laughs> there's one there on the bed next it's to you I'd fine have anyway carry on <laughs> philosophically argue your way out of ownership yeah. all property is theft all property is theft and therefore I do not have an iPhone can you please let me know yes what you are saying I, I'm bored of talking about Peter Bainham and Alan Partridge Alan Partridge was a good character very when he was good. On, on the hour <laughs> and very good on Knowing Me Knowing You as you well know because you loved that programme I, I liked it yes and the first series of I'm Alan Potridge was superb it was it was very which good is, which is interesting how peculiarly bad it became after that I think it, it was, was Peter Bain possibly Peter Bain's departure made a big difference did he I uh, know he wrote season series 2 and it was that was did the cruel one yes uh, 
Oh, he, I mean, it was re- it was co-written by Peter Bailey, Romando Inucci, and Steve Coogan. Mm. My understanding Steve Coogan is that Steve Coogan had a very minimal amount of writing contribution, and, and it was I think it was mostly Pete's project, and then Amando Inucci would yes. write on it. I don't think Steve Coogan did much until writing series two, and then three he did a lot more. I there think. wasn't a three. There, there was. Wasn't was there? Uh, no. I oh, know you're right. Actually, just no. Feels, just this feels... a poor series two, and I think that was it done. Really, yeah. It just became wacky again. It was but, that, but horribly wacky. It became um, the British Empire. Yes, that's what it became. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Remember the British? I remember Empire. the fun. I loved the British Empire because first because I was probably about twelve or thirteen yeah. when it was on, and it was very it was very um, nice warm pudding of a program. Mm. It was just safe. It was what was interesting about the British Empire is it's the same episode every week. Yes, Colin would be having some sort of disgusting disease in the basement. The lady, and the pretty kept the blonde baby one, the would oh yes, there would be the crying, crying lady would cry. Gordon Brittus would would lie to everyone and make mistakes and get confused. <laughs> yes. and his wife would be angry with him, mm. and then a kid would fall in the pool or something. <laughs> and that was it. And they just did that seven hundred times, and that was okay. Oh, what happened to Chris Barry? I wonder what he's. Do you know what he's doing? I don't know what he's I think doing. He's doing satellite television programs about trucks or something. Oh, good. I can't believe they did that. Did you watch that reprise of um, Red Dwarf? No, I, mean, I read your review of it and I started oh, not to. It's horrible. It, 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 it looked really soulless. And as you said, it also seemed to miss a very important point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that everybody would be so excited that it would come back yes. as part of its meta uh, plot. And that was, again, yes. you know, they thought it being so clever that they, you know, in the plot, everybody's excited that Red Dwarf would be coming back and they fell through a space-time continuum mm-hmm. and they actually became the story blah 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 the usual thing that we've seen in uh, countless times countless before times, yes. like, and done far better in say The League of Gentlemen for mm-hmm. example which had been released before the that was the film wasn't it yes yeah. it, they essentially tried to copy The League of Gentlemen where they did, the, where they did it well, no, I can't legally we can't say they copied it but it was very similar very similar the conceit was almost like no well it wasn't similar in one respect and that it wasn't at all funny that's true uh, although I would say the film wasn't the League of Gentlemen film wasn't that funny it, it, I enjoyed it it was good I watched it on a plane which is never the right circumstances no, no you're wrong to do that sorry don't, don't well unwatch it okay that's done watch it again excellent so what happens in that League of Gentlemen film no, I'm not going to say because oh, okay. uh, because you need to watch it now. Oh, okay, because you haven't watched it yet. That's true. Um, no, and and it was. But I think what what was most annoying about it, not even annoying, the most pathetic about it was how maladroit and sad the initial scenes that I saw were, and that they clearly were expecting there to be a laugh track, which didn't happen. Or whatever yes, was that was and there so were, people awkward. Were waiting for the laughs to yes, come. Yes, I don't know what happened. I there. I imagine that what they did is they tried to record it with the studio audience but the audience didn't find it particularly I funny I don't know you can like you can generally get a, a, a studio because as, as you know you you, just get a retards, live studio audience is, yeah. is, is Retarded, made up yeah, just, yeah. we just bring in enthusiastic people Idiots. and then you warm them up with sufficiently and, as beca- and when you're watching something live you will laugh like I was saying last week about uh, whenever it was a million Colin, years ago Collins and, uh, Collins and Herring when, you're th- when I listen to the podcast I rarely laugh out loud no, no, when I, I was present laugh, I laughed out loud all the way through really? there's something about being a part of it that makes you, you laugh also if you listen in company you'll laugh out yeah, loud well, company is a, yeah. so, laughing is a social act exactly so when you're watching a production like that and it would have to be watched on a screen rather than because it obviously couldn't it was all done on so listen on to this location. podcast with friends and you'll laugh I think there's a it's true uh, to it when we're occasionally funny. Mm. Wait, are we funny? When when was the last time we were funny? Uh, we were funny towards episode fourteen. No, last week we had a funny <laughs> moment. 
I was making a joke. Yeah, I, I was being pretendedly modest. Our, our listener finds that very funny. Yes, it is. Our audience. Sing, sing singular. That, that, uh-huh. Do you know, I was thinking about that, the singular thing. is There's a reason people do that. Do what? Uh, talk to the listener as if there's only one of them. It's a deliberate act by radio. As if there were only one of them, yes. Did I say it was? Mm. Oh, I think you might even say it is, but oh, that's fine. Carry as on. if there's only one of them, I said. There were only one of them. So there, I abbreviated to there is, that's true. Um, that's a terrible habit of mine, putting theirs when I mean there. There's a, a writing habit, I get that wrong all the time. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll help you. But in radio, you talk to the individual listening because they are an individual listening. Well, we're no doing one... that here as well, aren't we? Well, exactly. So, so when... To whom are we speaking? Mike Arthur? Uh, no, we're speaking to. No, my, my, Michael Simon... McQuay, he's not Mike Arthur anymore. That's true. I get confused because we have two listeners. One used, to be called, <laughs> one used to be called Mike Arthur, and the other uh-huh. one was called Arthur somebody or other. Right. Do you remember Arthur Barn, Barn, Barn House? Something like that. Oh, I've just realised something. What's that? I think I called the Arthur who writes to your blog a Christian. Oh. Because I think Mike, Mike Arthur, Arthur who again, Mike McCraig was a Christian. Oh. Uh, yeah, he'll sue. He will sue. That's yeah. slanderous in the extreme. My apologies. I should think so. Yeah. I'm offended as well. Well, you're always offended. You know what you crispies are like. That's right. Um... Can you tell me, please? Yes, okay. um, I can. I attended a, a church wedding recently. Mm-hmm. Um, my colleague John Gow went there. And it was a very, very, very big church. Me- was it a mega church? It was a mega church. And I think the main auditorium was designed to fit 3,000 people. And they're going to go even more in Peterborough. Blimey. Um, can you really feel spiritual enrichment in such a place? Yes. I, f- I, I find it difficult to understand how, because it was it looked like the, a, mix, a, a, a halfway breed between a Tesco warehouse and a PFI clinic. Right. I would struggle in such a location. I mean, I'm sure intellectually you could, but it would, you, you'd be fighting this... But inhuman to be spiritually thing. involved is a, non, is a non-intellectual act, so... Yeah, but these places particularly want you to be that. They want you to be waving and happy time. Mm-hmm. For example, when they had the wedding blessing, there was a kind of scrum. A prayer... A prayer scrum. Prayer huddle. A, rug, a, a prayer rugby scrum. So, uh, that's people wanting to... Holding out, holding a hand or laying on hands. Laying on hands sort of thing. and the general... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's clearly that sort of place. Yeah, sure. No, but it's so good. weird to that, that it's... Otherwise, it looks like a huge conference centre. But the laying on of hands is biblical, don't forget. It's not, it's not that weird a thing to do. Yeah, but, but um, people are also singing modern songs. I found <laughs> singing modern songs was biblical. They were quite modern, and I the psalms are quite modern as they were being written. They were cleverly written, actually, because they were very, very, very banal. Awful, awful modern songs. Yes, the ones right. That, oh, you mean the, the modern songs? songs yes, yeah. banal, terrible songs. Mm-hmm. But one thing I found that was clever about them was I could you could sing along. I could sing of along course, without yes. ever having heard them before. That's right. But the and same, I knew exactly what the next note would be. But the same is true. Of, I, I didn't sing along, but I could have. I mumbled along. You mumbled along to my, under my breath because it was too embarrassing to sing some of the. I, I found some of the words particularly anodyne. I have to I say, s- I sing. I would say when I'm concentrating. When I'm not concentrating, I just get lazy and just sing what's on the screen. Mm. When I'm concentrating, no I would screen. say. I sing about 60% of the words. There's about 40% I can't bring myself to sing. I mean, it was so nice to, for example, to see one of the uh, songs that they had where actually just had a hallelujah in it. Was singing that. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, you've actually got one thing there that represents something that's slightly um, older than um, the 90s. But I remind you that the Bible was very contemporary when it was written. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, it referred back to things a lot older than it. Not, <laughs> but that, that you can refer back without speaking in the idiom of. 
Um, I'm, you know, I don't have any objection to songs being modern. I would, in fact, far prefer if songs were modern rather than the nasty mismatch of night mid nineties boy band exactly. bilge that we sing. Well, you have, in you have, churches you have now. some banal seventies stuff. Oh no, not and you have some banal nineties stuff. Trendy Anglican churches have banal seventies stuff. Modern free churches, like when I go to, have banal nineties okay. stuff. And is there a difference in lyric? Could you, if you just read the words, do you think you could tell which was which, and you didn't know anything else about the song, you never heard them before, and you said, yes. said, which one's the banal 90s and which one's the banal 70s? Yes, rhyming. They rhymed in the 70s. They oh, right. There's an awareness you don't actually need to make all your words rhyme to worship anymore, which is probably a slightly more sophisticated understanding. No, um, I think the songs. The songs don't think they rhymed in the original. Uh, there was acrostics. There was a lot of words. Yes, a very, oh yes, a very clever stuff going on. There were words they like, they're usually, Absolute. you know, the first... The, the, the person who wrote the psalm or whatever or, or would be alphabetical order or whatever the very first word would, would, would spell out something mm-hmm. and, no, absolutely. Like, and they'd palindromes and all sorts of things so if they do some clever things that's alright Luke wrote in palindromes in his gospel really elaborate paragraph long palindromes I mean, said Luke one of my colleagues not literal palindromes but the meanings the meanings were palindromic Luke of his responding to text queries and palindromes I think the customers would be upset <laughs> something that Luke does is uh, he would write um, these palindromic m- messages so the the top of the beginning and the end of each spin would be the same meaning and then the central phrase was the key phrase that he wanted to get across and I love stuff like that when it's, mm. it's, it's not just can't translate English sorry? can't translate to English well it can but it won't work so it won't be a palindrome properly no no it's not a literal palindrome it's a meaningful the meaning is palindrome it doesn't matter it still won't translate properly I bet you especially oh no of Greek. course not if you want to understand why don't you learn ancient Greek I have no capacity for languages my friend of mine is learning ancient Greek in order that she can um, and so I go to her with my questions. Well, why did you just learn it? Because I have no capacity for learning well, languages. I've you, tried very hard. Well, you're going to do it now. You're going to learn. Start with something simple like Latin. <laughs> something simple like Latin. And then, and then move to... I, well, I, I, I if I were to... I a fan last That's week. true. If I were to learn... Two weeks ago. If mm. I were to learn a, um, a uh, language, it would either be Hebrew or Greek. Well... Because they would be of use to me. Well, to do Hebrew then, it's, it's, it's sufficiently different that you may be able to do it simply because, it might be simply because it's not. so different that you yes. won't be falling on old habits that, and mm-hmm. old memories. Yeah. Okay, well, do Hebrew, yeah. Well, I would love to read the original Ecclesiastes in Hebrew. Okay. Well, how about, how about Genesis? What is the word for vanity? Um, oh, my goodness, I've forgotten. But it's not, it's not, it doesn't mean vanity. It means... It means meaningless. Meaningless, which is meaningless is how the NIV translates it. It's sort of meaninglessness, but also what's interesting about Hebrew is that the, every word is made up of three root letters. Okay. And those three root letters then branch into all sorts of different other words. So, of course, every word in Hebrew has a full tree of meaning implicit in it. So that's why it's very difficult to translate, because effectively, yeah. when you look at a word, you don't see a word, you see a tree of words. Yeah because you're looking at the root, which then leads to all the other things that you know also mm-hmm. make up the word. And that's why it's very interesting to... It's funny, um, I mentioned... Um, uh, you men- mentioned Hebrew, I mentioned the wedding that I went to, and the vicar said, um, said um, there are certain sorts of uh, love, love mentioned. Oh, yes. And one of them, in, and he said in Hebrew, and of course there'll be nobody here who understands Hebrew, but don't worry, I'll say. And, uh, <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't that. It was, no he Hebrew said, scholars he said no Hebrew scholars yeah, in here today. Don't worry about that. Today. And so he said, um, and he was talking about different sorts of love. There's friendship, companionship, romantic love, and sexual love. And he said, of course, romantic love is called Bahava. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, when you and Becky have your love, you know, I hope you're Bahava. Because I'm actually, I had to work with him. He said, actually, sorry, Vicar. <laughs> It's not bahava, it's actually ahava. Ba, the ba that's put in front of it means mm-hmm. in or with. 
So, you know, if you say the word Jerusalem, Yerushalayim, um, so if you want to say in la, in Jerusalem, you say Be-Yerushalayim. Right. Also just well, in the, what would in the beginning be? Uh, Be-Reshid. Mm-hmm. And indeed, that's the very first word of the Bible. Yeah. Um, and so, it's interesting, so, so I said, what you're actually saying is in love or with love. You're not sort of saying love, it's just Ahava. And indeed, there is, I believe, a um, an Israeli cosmetics store that sells Dead Seas products or whatever that's called, Ahava. And I think they there's pickets outside at every week. If you want to go and join, you can throw a rock through their window. Excellent. In, in town, I think. So, so that's called Ahava. And so, and, and so, uh, so he said, where well, do you know? How do you know that? And I said, no, don't you worry. But you look it up, you look it up, you look it up and you find it's fine. Anyway, you were saying. I know I was going to say, some friends of mine recently came back from Palestine. They brought me a mug. That's um, the Holy Land. Come on, say the, it. from the Holy from Land. From the Holy Land. You mustn't say the I word because that would be rude. So the Holy Land. That's why. No, they were in Palestine. They were in the Holy Land. Yeah. They were in Bethlehem. The the Holy Land. Just say the Holy Land. Be a good Christian. They went to the Holy they Land. They flew to Israel. And no, no, crossed. no. They don't say the I word. <laughs> they crossed. They the flew to the Holy Land and then they went to Palestine. That's what you can say. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they brought me back a mug from this a fantastically brazen Starbucks rip-off chain called Stars and Bucks. <laughs> and the logo looks like the Starbucks logo with all, like it's got, it's got coffee leaves rather than a mermaid, but it's the same green circle. So I've got my Stars and Bucks mug, which I love. I just bought another one. I want one as well. Tell, send them <laughs> Okay, next time they're over there, I'll get, you, I'll have to get them to bring you one. Are you going there as well? I'm not, no. No? Okay. Well, you can get your friend to get one then for us. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was lovely, and it says um, something and pal- uh coffee chain in Palestine or something like something in Palestine underneath that's very good well I look forward to uh, hold hold just a second what is it made out of ceramic I believe so oh it's not made of glass oh so you can't drink coffee but I mean you know I've been in a mug face for the last few months you know what you are a mug I that seems a really lazy thing to say. It was <laughs> you really entertained yourself, haven't you? <laughs> no, but I tell myself how crappy it was. Yeah. It's like, it's like you know, you, you know a, what you are. <laughs> you're a, you're a glass, a mug, a mug. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know who you are, but what am I? That doesn't really make sense as an insult because I know I said it to you. <laughs> yes. Not very good comeback. Actually, I, mean, I know I am, but what are you? Is the only realistic actually that, actually, that would be. I've just suddenly thought that would be very good for to deal with heckles. Yeah. Just be as inept as you can be. <laughs> totally cock up. Yeah. I know, but what about my mum? <laughs> yeah, I am shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying my aunt's fat, but what about you and me? You know, just completely sort of completely fracturing. The, what what other comebacks are cliche for um, for that sort of thing? There's the, everyone's favorite from the comedy store days of the. I think it was the late eighties, early nineties. Everyone's favorite like from there was uh, Simon Fanshawe mm-hmm. was dying on stage, and someone at the back of the comedy store put his hand up and shouted "Taxi for Mr. Fanshawe," <laughs> which is everyone's I think the favorite heckle of most comedians. And how do you deal? Anyway. And how do you deal with that? You know I, think, I think that's why it's so good. Is you know no how I would deal with that? How would you deal with that? I'd say, okay, go on then, call the taxi. <laughs> Are you going to call, do you know a number? You'll use your iPhone to look one up and I'll actually make them call a taxi. Yeah. And I'll just wait there for the taxi. To, <laughs> and I'll take the taxi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have to be very careful. You know, if you took every insult like that seriously. Yes, it would be great. Why don't you just jump off the stage and kill yourself and actually do it? Yeah, it's a good idea. Mm, just go with you. Are, are, are we done? No. 
No, we're near done. It's 34 minutes and 47 seconds. Oh, God, this is, this is drawn on a bit. It's a bit silly, this one, actually. Oh, are you it's complaining? It's, it's too serious, it's too I silly. Don't we should, I you don't never think we should. You never think we should publish this one. <laughs> I don't think we should publish this one, no. No. Well, I mean, you, it, it's, a, it's an exciting episode, though, because we now learn that you're going to be learning Hebrew. That's true, yes. It's very exciting. Excellent. Um, so I can criticise the songs. I'll defend some of the songs I'll be saying are quite good. No, quite they're not. Good. No, they're no, not. no, no. Some of the lyrics are actually quite good. No, meaningful. they're not good. They're, I'm they're telling banal, you... they're anodyne. No. They can be written by Hallmark. <laughs> no, no, most of them, yes. But there are a few that actually I, I quite like. But there are only a few. And there are some finally, finally, with inventive tunes that you can't predict because they don't really... sound like every Girls Aloud song or Westlife song. That's how out of date my references West to boy Life. and girl bands are. The um, band today is called First Direction or something. Is it? What is it? It's on the X Factor. It's, I think they're called New Kids on the Block. Oh, yes. Yeah, so <laughs> right. they're, they're the new the new cool band that all the girls are listening to. That's right. It's all the young people like. Yeah. No, I, 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 no, I think there's a rip-off of New Kids on the Block that they're doing called Take That. Oh, really? Mm. Gosh, that that's sounds got Rob, Robert Williams and Jonathan Orange in it or something. Oh, OK. Mm. I'll listen out for them. Mm. Do you want my tip for the top? Go on, then. A young group called the Spice Girls. Really? A, a bunch of raucous young ladies. I don't think they will do well until somebody actually invents a personality for each one of them and has a useful label, because otherwise you can't remember. It's who very to. difficult. Yeah. Do you know what I don't need to name? I, I, one of my favourite bands is Cloud Cult. I couldn't tell you a single name of any of them. Of course, band. they're nebulous, aren't they? That's true. Very so clever. Very clever joke you did there. I like that. Yeah, I, I like that as that well. That's a good joke. It's quite a sophisticated what, joke. What is a Cloud Cult? They're a band. No, but what, what sort? Why are they good? Um, they sing big, large songs with interesting instrumentalization. Their live gigs are great. They have many, many... Um, uh, they often have a string quartet on stage and a couple of artists painting during the gigs oh, as well. Well, you know what I think of artists. Like. Careful. Well, apparently they, they, they then sell the, uh, the paintings they've painted during the gigs mm. at the end of the show, which seems, and then, which seems like great. They, they've completely are they self-funded. Are paintings, though? I, I've not seen any. They're great. They're, they're self-funded. They... Um, they plant trees for all the stuff they use when they print their things they offset their carbon emissions when they tour they seem to care very much mm. um, and all the money you buy their, money, buy their music directly from them so much so that when they fail to send you the CDs for about three months it's the band themselves you're arguing with to get the CDs back that's fine <laughs> In fairness, they sent me. The, I had the no. It wasn't. They said that it was driving me crazy. I'd ordered the CDs and they weren't arriving, but they wouldn't send me the link to the MP3s, which I bought the damn things for. You should have told them not to be. So it's very frustrating. However, no, I bought the latest album. It's in instant, so that's all been fixed. Fair enough. Um, they're a great band, especially um, your pretty voice. I think it's called. That's a great song. So you still, you still grandson li- of Jesus is another brilliant song. You still listen to music then. Yes, very much so. Do you listen to it while you're working, or do you find it distracting? I have to. I go crazy if I don't have it, if the music. No, I don't tend. To, uh, I, I, I probably find that if music is too interesting, then I want to listen to it rather than do work. And then if I'm doing work, oh, and I, I get upset that I should be listening to the interesting music. I so. pick the music that matches the work that I'm doing, not to the degree where someone like Kieran, who who writes, who is inspired by music and writes as a result of what he listens to. I'm not sure I approve um, of that. Well, he wrote Phonogram, which is a comic about so sure the effective music suicide and be a, and get you know get a bit brecht in about that one needs to be slightly estranged <laughs> but I, cho- I tend to just, I'll, I'll often listen to two wallowing romantic single author wallowing 19th century nonsense there if I'm no, trying to write not allowed I'll often listen to Kieran post- is fired fired mm-hmm. I often listen to post rock when I'm writing post rock that's things like Godspeed You Black Emperor Silver Mountain Zion Explosions in the Sky depending on again picking the right band based on the mood um, because they are that the idea of post rock is it's the music, instruments of rock played orchestrally. 
so they're these they tend to be 15 to 20 minute long and they're they're about crescendo crescendo and diminuendo um, mm-hmm. and they're just very exciting tell the audience yep that crescendo doesn't mean the bit where it suddenly gets loud were you not astonished that I knew that I was pleasantly surprised because I thought and for years and many people think that the crescendo because of Pierce is how people where, use it yeah. is the peak but the yeah. crescendo is the build up to the peak yes, and exactly. the it's the whole is building the, it's, it's the yes cost. Yes, I think it, 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 it's getting louder and louder and louder and louder. That's the crescendo, not the mm-hmm. da, 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 the da, the final da is not the crescendo. Which is a shame because it remind it's it, one of my favourite jokes from Spitting Image um, was Michael Burke yeah. saying Michael Burke, I'm Michael Burke, reading the news in a voice that means as soon as you think I'm about to reach a crescendo, then no, I don't. <laughs> Which is nice, but they're using the word incorrectly. I, I also allowed. Okay. So maybe it was a spitting image. Maybe that was Alistair McGowan. Yeah, it was a long time was. ago. Whoever it was. Do you enjoy Michael Burke? No, no. Because of nine nine nine, I don't think I like him. Because of that scaremongering. Nine nine. That was a, that was really trashy. Television, it was horrible scaremongering rubbish. Yeah. Should have been on ITV. It wasn't even on the BBC. Nine nine nine. He does the moral maze though. To bring us back to our, our comfort topics, our comfort topics. I can't stand him on the Mormons. He's just so inefficient as a. <laughs> he's as a terrible, terrible. He's awful. At it. awful. And he tries to interrupt and be clever, but he just ends up annoying. And he's and fine or not? I think he's a. He seems like a decent chap and all that. Yeah. But uh, he's next door neighbour of one of my friends when he was growing up. He used to, mm. My friend used to play around his house. Tease. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, so he seems like a decent guy, but the. But yes, I don't think he's very good on the Moral Maze. But the Moral Maze is unbearable now, anyway, because the guests are so ineffectual. They're still not guests. The the, the regular no, but the guests are crew. as well. Well, the guests have always been, but that's kind of the half the fun was hearing David Starkey tear well, some to pieces. I, I heard David, what, what was wonderful is I heard going to sneeze, Mick. Don't see if you can make him make. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> Uh, no, there was. It was. It wow. was midweek. Great. It was midweek with Livy Purvis, or one of those. Everybody has to be consensual programs, right? Or so, or another one. You know, the other one that they have start the week. You know, where everybody's consensual and has to pretend that they're interested in what the other person is. Yeah, right, all yes. dovey and it's all connected. And they had David Starkey on it. Oh yeah, I think I caught the tail. And he was just shouting at everyone and telling how terrible they were. And, and then Livy Purvis was telling him off yeah, for his behaviour. Kind of it was wonderful. I, I want somebody like that. in the morning. Yes. You're retired, you want somebody to rev you up. And Absolutely. David Starkey used to present a program on on talk radio mm-hmm. Sunday afternoons, five till seven. Did he take prisoners? Uh, he took no prisoners. But didn't he? Not did he do one. it properly? He did. He did it superbly and to the point where two weeks after. The death of Princess Diana, mm-hmm. um, where you know we'd all been in our institutionalised national mourning for about a yeah. fortnight. Um, he had because sh- it was that was on the Sunday. The following Sunday, I don't think he even had a show. But the next no, Sunday he was back. There, there was no television or radio. That's right. Weeks, yeah. And the next Sunday he was back, and he did two hours dedicated to people who were fed up of hearing about it. And it was just two of the best hours of radio I've ever heard. Mm. It was fifty percent people phoning up to say, "Oh, thank goodness, I'm so f- I." I'm sad for her kids, whatever, people who loved her, but I just don't care. And then the other 50% of people phoning in, so yeah, angry with him. And he was just shooting them down so brilliantly. But that's what he would do, it was his take on the on the last fortnight. It wasn't about history, it was the fortnight's news, the week's news. Oh, yeah. McKenzie. No, he was, he was, um, yeah, he was one, he was straight out with Mackenzie. Mackenzie came in. Well, I mean, Mackenzie won't play a gay man, surely. Um, I couldn't possibly comment, but. Um, he doesn't strike there me. There seemed to be a sudden luck. So there seemed to be a lot fewer gay presenters at talk radio after he started there. Well, I'm sure, sure. He, he wrote his books 
In his books, I think he's pretty much he doesn't approve of the gays. I don't know if that's the case. I just doesn't notice. I think he's a massive homophobe who hates all gay people. Yes, and would probably like to have them exterminated in a concentration camp or you know, a or few, a, death camp. a few weeks ago, I got a taxi. Yeah, and the taxi driver said to me when I got in, he said, "Are yeah. you a civil servant?" Why did he think that? <laughs> I, know, I was wearing jeans and a t-shirt. That looked like a civil servant. Said, Why on earth would he think that? I you said, were? Uh, Does he just want to talk about civil servants? So that's the only way he knew how to. Yes, and I said, "Why do you ask?" And he said, "I hate civil servants. I hate bureaucracies. I hate bureaucracy. I think we should get rid of it. I hate bureaucracy." And I said, "And he it wasn't like oh, geezer kind of taxi yeah. driver. He was a. He seemed like a just a. He spoke very sensibly normally. and normally, and but he mumbled so quietly. I had to keep getting to repeat the things because the things he was saying were so fantastically mad. Mm. I didn't want to. I wanted to make sure I hadn't misheard. But there's one I should have got him to repeat, but I don't think he would have. No, because he said, "I said, what's your solution then?" The final. And solution. he and he said, "I would get rid of half of the maybe in death camps." Yeah. And just mumbled it. I'm certain he said in death camps. Yeah. And then the other with the half that remained, mm-hmm. half of those would be dedicated. So Yes, a quarter of the current yeah. number of civil servants, their job would be to find ways to reduce bureaucracy. That he didn't sounds... see any irony in this. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted a quarter of the civil no, servants. No, that's a bit like the Yes Minister where he says we want to um, we, we want to find a way of cutting bureaucracy and to cut the number of people so we'll need to employ another hundred thousand <laughs> exactly. people. Exactly. It's just like it's a very wow. complicated job. <laughs> Mm. And so he's got the civil service working on a quarter of its force now, while half, mm. <laughs> the other quarter are working out how to that make that work. <laughs> Such a brilliant scheme. Yes. Then he started telling me about Guido Fawkes and... Um, oh, so he read it then? Or no, 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 the original Guy Fawkes. Oh, right, yes. Um, and he was talking, he says, and he kept insisting that he was not... Sim- he says, not that I'm saying... He wasn't saying that he wasn't, but not that I'm saying I sympathise with him. Mm-hmm. But then he was saying how smart those people were, and well, the so original on. Guy Fawkes. Yes, it's interesting that he's at least got some folk memory of uh, of the last time. He would obviously read a book on the subject and seemed to know what he was talking about. But it was it was a very and strange how did you journey because you know sometimes when you get into a taxi or meet somebody who's a bit racist and you don't yes. really know how to say. It. I mean, how did you contribute to the conversation? Did you just sort of nod and go, mm, "Well, yeah." That's no, I, I well, I asked him what his solution for these situations would be. All oh, right, so and so I just asking questions. I just yes, I just let him. He just seemed like a fun toy to wind up and let go. Mm-hmm. But he was so mild mannered about this, <laughs> his desire to murder hundreds yeah. of thousands of people. It's always the mild mannered ones <laughs> who, who, who need the uh, scones, you know. <laughs> Uh, Do the scones prevent mass murder as well? Well, I'm, are we going to is 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 our charity branching out? <laughs> the charity's having big problems at the moment. Its budget has been cut substantially. That's it true. Used to receive some government funding. Sixty percent cuts. Now, now, frankly, it's only your green tokens in uh, Waitrose <laughs> that fund it. So that fund it, yes. And that's ever more important. You put your green token in that. Absolutely, because we can barely afford we're having to use as the smart price jam at the moment. Well, as the and smart, that's not nearly as, good enough. As the smart price scones, I've but had we're those. still I've everyone. But we need to. We are using proper clotted cream still. Devon made clotted cream, but that's only if your donations continue. Yes, I mean there have been horrible, horrible rumours that the cans, the pressurised cans, <laughs> exactly. And I don't think any child is going to be saved by those. I don't think so. I can't see how that could possibly happen. No. That they may have a, a slightly better time of it. No. Frankly, any cream that has to pass through a nozzle yep. is not going to prevent a child's <laughs> untimely fiddling. 
so. <laughs> Getting a lot of fawn spring questions. So why do you talk about paedophilia so much? Are you both nonsense? Well, you know, no, we don't. We have plenty of critiques. That's the point we're trying to make. I can't get past the cream going through a nozzle joke. No. <laughs> This is a serious message. John, we're talking about child abuse here. Can you stop laughing? <laughs> it's one of, the, one of those topics that always sets me off and off. I find child abuse funny, do you? Very amusing. Right. I'm glad you find child abuse funny. Yes, clearly that's what's Shocking. happening here. Shocking. Nick, it's time to stop. Well, we've got to stop after you've been so offensive. I'd just like to apologise to all the listeners yes. for, for, for John Walker and his inappropriate corpsing at what is a very serious and sensitive topic. <laughs> because, frankly... Nitrogenated cream, yes, I, is never going to do it. I apologise. Okay, I apologise. I don't think of, uh, we'll, we'll allow our viewers and listeners, our viewers, our viewers, uh-huh. <laughs> to accept your apology. You would allow them to accept my apology only if they wish to. Okay. If if you want to accept my apology, it's podcast at rumdoings dot com. Of course, if you don't want to accept his apology, it's the same address. This is very much podcast at rumdoings dot com. <laughs> Let us know. I That's feel right. that you may have crossed <laughs> the lipidinous Rubicon here, so let's end. Okay, we better stop. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>